Grazie and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast for your calcio to go. I'm Frank Rivello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How you doing? Uh, it looks like I was watching you backstage. Looked like you're trying to summon from the heavens above. You were just like messing with the lights. <laughs> what is, yeah, where are my lights? I mean, I you know <laughs> I, when we first did this, I had this light directly over me, and then we you know we did the clip where we broke out the Juve analysis. And I'm watching it and I'm like, it's freaking dark, you know, where, where, where I'm sitting. And it's like, but if I put a bulb there now, it'll just be, it, it'll all just be light again. I think people that are watching this video, I'm doing them a favor by not having all of my facial features under a, under a light. Well, we um, could do like we do with Milan, Milan weekly podcast and just phone you in. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there it's a, i'm sorry I'm funny sorry. you mentioned that i will be on milan weekly podcast uh oh. tomorrow night eight o'clock eastern uh so um get a chance to get caught up with Vinny, stevie um and uh dive into all things milan so uh mm. just uh doing my shameless plug and getting that out of the way now so um boy what a weekend uh this is weekend. the uh, this is for, for for one weekend. It's the scudetto that nobody scudetto that nobody wants. I know Napoli hasn't had their say yet. Um, they will have that tomorrow, um, uh, Monday, if you will. They're at Cagliari, which you know we would probably say, okay, fine. But Cagliari have been playing a lot better. It's in Sardinia. Yeah. You, you, maybe there's a split of the points there too. We'll just have to see. Yeah. Uh, Dominic V two C. I'm Mister X. <laughs> That's right. Very possible. Very possible. I've probably been Mr. X all along. I've been I've been Galliani and Berlusconi's ace in the hole all this time. A lot. This explains a lot. Yeah. So so who knows? But uh I mean the, the weekend kicked off, Richard, uh with a with a big game, the uh, Derby della Mole. Um yeah. and uh I think this is a great opportunity uh to talk about that game and uh with a Champions League game coming up for them talk about all things Juventus uh and to do that we're bringing on a gentleman that is earning his first cap uh with the City uh, sit down he is a member of the All Juve cast host of stoppage time by AJC uh big Juventus fan we welcome Cliff Esmiol to City uh, sit down ciao Cliff and welcome Ciao, guys. Bonjour. Good evening, whatever you like. I hope you guys are doing well. Thank you so much for having me on this show tonight. Um, there was so much action this weekend. I'm really, really excited to get into it. I see the Vlaovic jersey hasn't arrived for you in time yet for you to hang on your wall or, <laughs> it, or it even anything anything in black and white stripes or anything like that. I you got the stripes kinda... on his shoulders, so there you go. I, I yeah. didn't want to be super homey. I didn't want to go for the full Juventus. Like, I want to... You know, you guys are all City A show. I wanted to be a little bit impartial, so that's okay. what I was going for. Oh, so you took it down. <laughs> so, no, I, I have it. I do have the, the Vlaovic kit, actually. Um, but also, people know from my other show that I have a lot of chest hair. So I, I it's a very plunging neckline, <laughs> so I, I tend to not want to show that off. Fair okay. enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. We, appre- we appreciate that. You do so. have women watchers, so, you know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who? Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Our wives, no. When we watch yeah. ourselves, I think all I think I think all the women who who uh, listen to us are already tuned married. Long, so, oh yeah, they tuned out a long time ago too. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Um, 
Cliff, we're going to talk about this. Uh, we're going to talk about this derby. Uh, get your take on it. We'll break it down. I got to watch it as well uh, on Friday, and um, we'll uh, preview the Champions League game as we talked about. Um, but uh, first, why don't you uh, give the listeners here at City I sit down a little breakdown of you? Uh, uh, talk about what's going on at all Juve Cast, and maybe uh, anything else you got going on. Um, so mainly uh, with all UVA cast, we obviously are talking UVA all the time. Um, we have actually a pod first thing tomorrow morning at I believe it's eight eight thirty um, Eastern Standard Time. I'm not going to be on it, but we have a great cast that's going to be on that one, kind of previewing for the Villarreal match. Um, and then I'm actually going to be recording a um, a video with a Verona fan for stoppage time. We're going to do a special Verona um, kind of highlight episode because they've been so phenomenal this season um, with actually the former assistant of Pierlo Tudor at the helm. He's been doing phenomenal and the team just looks really, really smooth. So we're going to have that. And then obviously our usual stop at some episode will be on Tuesday um, nice. at Eastern uh, standard time on Tuesday. So yeah, that's kind of what's going on, but I mean, what, what game kind of got you guys by surprise this weekend? There was just so much. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Richard, we're being asked questions now. On, on no, sorry. Podcast. I'm used to being the host. I'm sorry. You know, between, on our own podcast. Toilet, between toilet humor and idiots talking about other people's grandfathers, you know, and all that sort of shit, the couch was as crazy as it was. And it, yeah. it, the main takeaway is nobody wants a Scudetto at the moment, Frank. Yeah. I, don't know what, I don't know what you were saying, but it was a crazy weekend. Yeah, it's the Scudetto, for at least for one weekend, it's the Scudetto that nobody wants, like we said. Um, I. I am going to go with as as far as a surprise. I don't think anything. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think anything really surprised me. I think if anything surprised me, it's that Milan only coming away with a point at Salernitana was probably the biggest surprise of the weekend. I'm not surprised by Sassuolo beating Inter. Inter mm-hmm. have the damnedest time with Sassuolo, regardless of who the manager is, regardless of who the players are, and and and. Bad time for the bogey team to show up right after you just had that emotional game against Liverpool. Um, you know, Roma just coming off playing Conference League, now having to turn around, short turnaround, having to play Hellas Verona. The European, the teams that had to play in Europe, especially on Thursday, had to come back to tough games yeah. mm-hmm. on, on Sunday. So it's not a terrible surprise to me that they all struggled. Lazio uh, struggling to a draw against Udinese, especially without Ciro Immobile. Um, yeah. So... I, you know, I don't want to be brash about this, but I, I honestly, Atalanta losing at Fiorentina, I wasn't really surprised at anything. I was most, the biggest surprise for me was Milan drawing at Salernitana. Um, and even that might not have been that much of a surprise. It's, uh, maybe you know, they all lost or lost points at the same, in the same weekend. Maybe that's a surprise, right? No, one that could be it, you know, um, I will be surprised if Napoli failed to win at Cagliari. You know, I just got, but I, I, I but I have gotten. I, I just Would you after this weekend? It. I don't know. Well, here's the thing: Cagliari are play. I think Cagliari are playing a lot better under Mazzotti over the mm-hmm. last several weeks. Okay, it might not turn up in all of their results, so they got that going for them. They, what they also have going for them is that they are playing in Sardinia. Okay, and Napoli, another one of these teams that's coming off of a Thursday European game, playing at Barcelona. The you know, the Maradona Derby, um, if you want to call it that. Um, it could very well be a, a struggle for them. Um, you know, you know, going to Sardinia, you know, I still think that the resources are there for them to nick a narrow win, and that's what I'll expect to see from them tomorrow. But 
uh, you know, that it might mildly surprisingly surprise me if they don't. But then again, when you're taking a look at the trend of what's going on with the other teams this weekend, it may not be a surprise. It's been a really weird weekend. What was your surprise, Cliff? Um, to be honest, the surprise, I mean, obviously this is going to sound stupid because it's Juve, but I mean, even though it was the Derby, I think a lot of people are shocked that Juve kind of pulled this result because I thought it was going to be 3-1 because looking at, you know, obviously the transfers they made, I thought they were starting to find some rhythm and I thought this would kind of be the start of something. Um, but I was really shocked, honestly, that Roma again fails to get the positive result against Verona. I think that was also a big surprise, even though we shouldn't be surprised because Verona has been playing phenomenal this year. Um, but I think you're right. I think Milan Salernitana probably was, if you had to pick one of the biggest ones, it had to be that one just because, I mean, Salernitana, with all due respect, are at the bottom of the table. So they're still the bottom team. Um, even though they've, they've made signings here and there, they're still the, one of the worst teams in Serie A. Um, so, yeah, that really did surprise me. Yeah, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, it's going to be a blowout from Milan. I'm like, you don't know Milan that well, do you? They, they're going to struggle this game. <laughs> you know, Salernitana, they, they've made some improvements to their squad. They've brought in some veteran players that help them. There's, there's veteran players that help them. There's veteran players that, that hurt them. Federico Fazio, how he still has a job you know, playing football for anybody right now is, mm-hmm. a, stunt, is a shock to me. Um, but, you know, now they, they've turned it over to Davide Nicola, you know, who's known for that great rescue rescue of Crotone, which prompted Richard to get a Crotone jersey those all, all those years ago. Um oh, Cinelli, you know, your story. I love it. Yeah. And you know, there's something about a new manager bump, you know, and the eleven that's going out there and saying, Okay, new guy in charge, you know, I'm getting my shot. I want to really impress him. Uh, you know, so you're running you're running into that. Um, so um, you know, that would be the only reason why I would say, you know. Milan coming away, but you also have to look at under Pioli, Milan's record has been impeccable. Um, and uh, you would, I, I, I had this pegged as a win. So um, again, I'll, I'll, I'll say that was the biggest surprise to me. But yeah, sorry I asked the questions. I'm so used to being the host on my show that I just sometimes the host comes out and me. That's so okay. I'm going to be on Milan Weekly podcast tomorrow. I guarantee you, I will do the same thing. <laughs> and Vinny and and Vinny Vinny will have a go at me. So. <laughs> Uh, if Stevie doesn't first. <laughs> uh, shall we get into the derby? Because that was uh, an interesting yeah, game to kick. What a great way to kick off the weekend, I guess, really. You know, yeah. the Derby de la Mole. Uh, and it's obviously a big game for, obviously, Juventus, but also Torino as well. Uh, let's look at the lineups. The home team in this one would be Juventus Cliff. Uh, let's start with your starting mm-hmm. 11 of Wojciech Chesney, Cuadrado, Delic, Sandro, and Pellegrini in the back. Uh, you had Zakaria, Locatelli, Rabiot starting in the middle with Dybala, Vlahovic, and Morata. Thoughts on the starting lineup for Juventus in this one? So, Allegri made me so happy when he put Pellegrini in. But then I saw Sandro at center back. I'm like, what the hell is that? I was – it's like he makes me happy, but then he makes me angry. It's like, dude, this is pure terrorism, this team. Like, he just likes to hurt us. It's just – he just likes to cause us pain. And Sandro, he – I mean, he in in all respects, I think he was the one who cost us the goal. I know Delit could have been in a better position, but I think Sanjo was the closest. And plus, I love him to be the scapegoat. So he was the reason that he conceded. But the lineup overall, I was pretty happy with it besides that. Um, the midfield, you said, was Zakaria, um, Rabio, and who else? Locatelli. 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 I think Rabio, when he plays with those two, he's actually he's not a bad player when he has two other players to rely on to do a lot of the work. And then when he could just 
gallop up the pitch like a gazelle like he likes to do. Um, he does well, unless when he has to run back, like he just came out of the Paris uh, club and he's been drinking, that's when he's not good when he has to be a defense, defensive-minded midfielder. But when he has those two players in Zaccati and Locatelli, he can really kind of open up his game and, you know, get forward and actually be pretty effective. Um, and then the, obviously the forwards I was completely fine with. So I think overall, besides Sandro, I think this is a good starting 11. I, I think that originally, I wanted to say when I saw this lineup, I thought I saw it with Rugani and Delict, and then Alexander was going to start on the left, and then I think Rugani got hurt in warmups. Um, yeah, he's going to be out for Villarreal. Yep, and then mm. uh, Pellegrini got the start on the left, and they were forced to move Sandro into the middle because they didn't, you know, they didn't have another fit center back. So yeah, they are I, that's, I think that happened because when I first looked at the lineups, I saw it was a Ruganian delict. Um, but you know, maybe maybe I I could have seen the wrong thing. Somebody that was, some, you know, um, somebody in the chat. If you guys know, I I, I thought that's what I saw, and that maybe. Rugani tweaked something in warmups, and they just didn't want to take the chance, and they mm-hmm. they kind of went with the makeshift back four. So. I think they that I think that was the case because he's gonna be out for Villarreal um, with an injury, and okay. it's it's smart that they that they didn't want to risk it because, you know, they're very thin at center back, so mm, there's yeah. no reason to push it. And obviously, Sandro's not it's not great, but you make do. I don't know if Danilo was available. If he was available, I would probably the logical would have, choice, right? I would have started choice. him because like. He's a really good fill-in at center back. And then him with Pellegrini on the left, he'd be pretty solid on the left side. Um, so it's still a little bit baffling, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, obviously, as we all know, we didn't get the result. And Chris, stop that. Stop that right now. I don't want to hear any of this slander on the freaking chat. But, yeah, I think that would have been the right choice. But overall, overall the lineup wasn't terrible. Uh, Chris isn't wrong. Chris isn't wrong though, right now. <laughs> no, 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 Frank. He's wrong. Kick him. Kick him from the. You're chat. coming into my. You're coming into my house, my man. And I, you know, and I. <laughs> oh, love it, love it. Well, you can't uh, tell me. You can't tell me I'm wrong right now. I see Piontek and I see four goals in his last three games and all that. Cups. That's fair. He's playing. It I might mean, just be the system. I'm. <laughs> oh man! It, I, I swear, if Piontek becomes this great player and Vavich becomes a dud, I'll shave my head and run around naked around my neighborhood. Be careful what you wish for, because sometimes people had to uh, regret what they've. Yeah, look at me, the Cartoni jersey. I got the Cartoni jersey because I opened my mouth. So be careful. We'll, ship you, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> ship you the Clippers in a few weeks, Cliff. <laughs> uh, let's move over to Torino uh, in goal. Uh, the fabulous Milikovic Savic. Uh, they went with yeah. the back, uh, was it back three, back four, I guess, of mm-hmm. uh, Gigi Bremer, the fabulous Bremer, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, mm-hmm. uh, Singo, as well as Mandragora, Pobega, Voivoda. And then up top, you had Lukic, Brekalo, and of course, the return of El Gallo, Andrea Bellotti. Frank, uh, interesting lineup. Um, obviously, we knew that Bremer's going to have to do a lot of the work, especially with Vlahovic and Morata on the other side. Uh, but over the last recent weeks, you know, Belotti's maybe his name isn't what we've um, seen in the past, but, you know, having a guy like Lukic and Brekalo behind him, I think, could have done, you know, oh, did do Torino well, I think. Those two guys have really come on this season, and especially Brekalo has been having a nice little season here. I think this ended up setting up, I mean, the, the, the Rugani injury, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm willing to make the argument that um, if, if Allegri is able to go with his setback for that he wanted to start, 
Um, I think that would have probably taken, clearly would have taken away, and I might be reaching for low hanging fruit here, but that would have taken away from some of Torino's attack. And I think some things would have gotten canceled out a whole lot better. Now you're going makeshift and let's face it, you know, has Alexandra slipped a little bit at Juventus? Probably, but you know, now you're asking him to be a makeshift center back. Um, Probably. Definitely. yeah. Okay. Uh, it's fine. That's fine. And that's fine. I, he, he's, he's, he, he clearly isn't the guy that you originally got the, you know, the first couple of years that you had, yeah. I can, you know, that's a safe thing to say. Um, I think this was about absorbing Juventus and then finding the opportunities to go ahead and try to attack them. And then, and they were going to do a lot through Brecolo. Um, Pobega, it's interesting. These formations will tell you that Pobega was next to Mondragora and, and Lukic was further forward. And then some will say it's the other way around. I think that it was, I think it was kind of all three of them kind of tucking into that, into that middle. Um, and that Pobega wasn't really a right-sided attacking midfielder in this setup. That just might've been where he drifted when Torino went forward. Um, but it was more of a, you know, those three guys are going to try to occupy some spaces. They're going to limit some things when Juve's in possession. Um, and I think in doing that, you, you give some freedom to single, you give some freedom to Voivoda to be able to go forward too. Um, but this was all about Bremer uh, versus Vlaovic. Um, this was going to be the match within the match. The, the, defender, the defender against the forward, whoever comes out of this, um, sets the tone for things in terms of how the result's going to play out. Um, and, uh, yeah, Dominic's point about Pobega doing a lot of movement off the ball. Pobega's become really dynamic. Um, so, uh, and I think that what Juric will do, Lukic can do that too. Lukic has got, Lukic is deceptively fast, you know, and can get in front of Gallo, get in front of the, you know, Brecolo Pobega and, and get into those spaces. I've seen him do it in counterattacking situations before. So, um I'm kind of going all over the place with this, but I, I kind of, I, I liked it. It had a good combination of, you know, compactness to try to diffuse what Juventus was going to do. And then just enough in the attack. I think it, it put a lot of, it put, a, it put quite a bit of burden on Brecolo, but when you see what Singo and, and Voivoda can offer from, you know, in terms of quality in the wingback positions, it's pretty underrated. Cliff, uh, were you more worried about, the midfield, you know, versus your midfield, or were or the attack against the defense or the makeshift defense that you guys had in this game? What what about Torino's lineup uh, worried you the most? Well, so first, Frank made a really good point when he said absorb. That's a great word to describe it, because um, that's really what Torino was trying to do was to try to absorb pressure and then try to try to exude as much pressure with their own offense as they could, um, absorb it and then try to counter. Um, but yeah, like you, what you said, Richard. Um, I think really the first thing that scared me was. Sandro, because you like you guys said, it's a makeshift center back. And probably throughout his years, his best attribute was his offensive ability, not his defensive ability. So to put him, because he was always kind of like, used to be in the 3-5-2, he was like a left mid more than a left back. So he was pushing more up and putting in balls into the box and being an offensive playmaker than he was. He used to be decent defensively, and now he's just terrible. So to have him as a center back was really, really worrying. And I think my worries were, justified and obviously in the match we saw that they definitely were um so i'd probably say torino's attack against even though torino doesn't have the most potent attack but going against that defense 
DeLitt, I knew he would lock up whoever came at DeLitt because he's a lockdown defender. He's phenomenal. He's one of the best. I don't care what anybody says. He's insane for his age um, or any age for that matter. Um, but, you know, we were very vulnerable defensively. But I did want to say I, I was surprised Belotti started, and it was good that he started for Torino. But I thought Sanabria actually would get the start because Sanabria had been playing yeah, pretty well this season. He's a good player. I actually thought he was going to get the goal. Um, but obviously we know now that Belotti got it. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of takeaways um, in this match. And I want to know, you'll probably get into this. I'm probably stealing this from you guys, but Bremer pocketed Vlaovic, man. And we even saw this earlier in the season when he played at Fiorentina. Bremer is just such a dynamic center back. He's so good at pocketing some of these top, top strikers. He's mm-hmm. really, really smart at being able to tell where the strikers are going to move to. Is able to get on their backside and not let them get um, too much movement. Not to mention the Vlavics didn't get a ton of uh, service, so that didn't help either. But Bremer did a phenomenal job, and you, you have to credit him to that. And you have to do you do. I think people are taking too much credit away from or taking too much credit away from Bremer and taking a lot of the blame on Vlaovic for not playing well. But you have to give credit to the defender who just did a very good job on this on his day. Yeah, I think I think Bremer really did a really great job um, moving around with Vlahovic, not giving him any space to breathe. Really, if he moved up the field, midfield to get the ball, he was on him the whole time. Uh, and you even saw when he came out and and, and uh, Moise King came on, as, as Anthony mentioned, uh, he was doing the same thing with him too. Bremer was just all over the place, mm-hmm. easily the man of the match for me, Frank. Um, I just thought that again, like he did against uh, Vlahovic the first part of the season in this game as well, is just as good of a defensive por- performance by a defender. That I've seen all season long, just locking down, locking someone down, giving no opportunity to breathe whatsoever. And I think Bremer uh, fully deserves credit in this game, more so than Vlahovic's, you know, lack thereof. What do you think? What are your thoughts, Frank? I, I think we're seeing a trend um, with Vlahovic so far at Juventus. If you have a good man-marking center back, uh, it's right now not hard to take him out of a game. Um, and now for two straight Serie A games, we've seen that. We've seen Bremer do it. Uh, we saw Demerel do it last week. Um, although, uh, in the Atalanta game, and a lot of this is just based on how Atalanta set themselves up and how they play, um, there was a little bit more room for Vlaovic to operate, and he got off more shots. Here against here against Bremer, one blocked shot in 75 minutes of play. You know, that's not what Juve spent $75 million for. I was corrected, because I said $70 million. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know... So early on, we're seeing if you've got a good man-marking center back, that's one guy you can eliminate from the game. I mean, this is something that I think Vlaovic will correct and overcome over time and adjust to. He's, you know, he's he's clearly skilled. He's clearly talented. But at the moment, this is not something he's dealing well with. He got frustrated against Demerol in the Atalanta game and got booked. Um, you know, had you know kept a cooler head in this game. Um, you know, he's going to go into Champions League on Tuesday and see, I believe Albiol will start, who... Smart. Okay, he's smart. He's not, doesn't have the physicality of Bremer or Demerel. No. Uh, but then you take a look at some of these other games that are coming up. Empoli really don't have anybody to deal with him. Fiorentina maybe Milinkovic, um, maybe Mar- Martinez Quarta if they're... You know, if they're fits, Betsy, I don't think have anybody to deal with them. Sampdoria definitely don't have anybody to to deal with them. He should make a fool out of Yoshida. Um, uh, if unless 
unless Coley Coley might have a shot at it. And then you got Villarreal again. Yeah. Inter, I think their center backs are struggling. Um, I, De Vrij is struggling. Okay, Skriniar is struggling to keep pace with people. Bastoni's having his struggle. Those Inter, those Inter defenders are struggling. So there's a good mix here. There's going to be games where I expect him to be successful, and then there's going to be games where I expect him to struggle. And Dominic makes another excellent point. I don't think we have the full product of what we're going to see with Vlavic just yet. We need to see Chiesa fit and playing to his left, you know, where you have the wing, you have, you can, you can somewhat mimic the wing play that they had at Fiorentina that he fed off of so well. Um, so, so the, the combination of those things, I think we're seeing a trend and I think is, is part of why I thought there would be early strugglers, early struggles for Vlaovic, uh, at Juventus. Well, we're seeing mm-hmm. is we, we were fortunate enough that we got to see Fiorentina against Vlahovic and Piontek in back-to-back weeks. And we got to see Demorel, or excuse me, Atalanta against the back, in the, against them back-to-back. And we got to see Demorel against Vlahovic and then against Piontek. And again, with, we'll get to that game later, but you know, same thing. He 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 was all over Piontek all game long, but Piontek his one opportunity he 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 was clinical, he was mm-hmm. tricky on his shot and he got it he got it through. Vlahovic has got to learn that, and I think it'll in time it will come when he does that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, something he'll have to learn, growing pains, and you know it's also the team around him fitting to Vlahovic's style as well. You know you just can't. We saw this with Milan and Piontek. Just because you drop a great striker in there or a good striker in there doesn't mean he's going to score goals. You have to feed him, and if he's not getting the ball. He's not doing being mobile and freeing himself up to him that defender. You're not going to score goals, so we'll see. But that's a that's a very good point about Bremer. Bremer is very good. And the interesting part for me in this game is um, I wanted to see. I knew Juve were going to come out coming out swinging trying to get a goal. I wanted to see how Torino were going to come out. And like both you guys have mentioned, Torino very much trying to absorb the pressure, but they would counter and then counter successfully. I thought a couple early chances by Torino uh, in this game. Chances going both ways, really. Uh, we, it wasn't until the 13th minute when we get a free uh, corner kick here for Juventus and uh, Cuadrado, uh, great you know, great delivery of the ball. Looks like he overhits the ball, goes back mm-hmm. back post the cliff, uh, and it's Mateus Delic jumped over Voivoda and Vlahovic. It's been a man, Mateus Delic, and putting that the header in there. Uh, thoughts on the goal by, by Delic and uh, the in swinger by, by Cuadrado? When I saw that, I immediately put a gif of a guy tackling Betty White because that's what it seemed like DeLitt was doing to uh, <laughs> Vlaovic. He just ran him over. He's like, I don't care who I'm running over. I'm running over somebody. And he just has this elite mindset, DeLitt. It's just phenomenal. Like He doesn't care who he has to run over. He's very, very physical and a very technical player. He's like the perfect package. So the goal was phenomenal. The cross was great from Cuadrado. And we know how great of a crosser Cuadrado is um, at his best. He's phenomenal. So it's just a really well-taken set piece. And I want to see more of that because I feel like Juve have been lacking in terms of the set piece department. And that's part, fr- Frank, and this part of what we talked about being Vlahovic being stronger, right? He should have been stronger on the ball. Granted, the lick come from the backside, you're nothing going to do about it. But uh, you see Vlahovic turn around like, what the hell just hit me? Not knowing what, you know, the lick. Again, Frank, this is the moment where I think, you know, Vlahovic, if it was another striker who's more used to the this kind of um, guys all over him, he would have been more aggressive. It would have been harder for Delic to get that free header there. Um, is that what you saw on the goal, Frank? What were your thoughts on not only Delic's goal, but, you know, Vlahovic trying to get their back post Voivodo all over him? Well, I saw a good run from Delic first because um, he started more centrally in the box and he kind of curled. And it left those that were responsible for him just still left watching the cross. And in those situations, 
defensively, if you don't position yourself where you can see both the man that you're dealing with and the ball, you're beaten. Okay, if you just if you just zoom in on the ball, and we see defenders do this in this in the league a lot. Um, so that's one area. Second area, I mean, if he doesn't make that run, I I have a feeling Vlaovic puts something on frame. Um, if Delik's not there, uh, does he score? I don't know. I think Delik was Delik was in a much better position to get something powerful uh, on the ball. Um, so. Uh, you know, those are the couple of things that I caught from that. I did Torino just, I think they originally accounted for him and then it was a, a clever run by Delict and it was a great ball by Quadrado and Torino lost him. Yeah. And I think, uh, Malinkovic Savage gets some blame on this as well. Cause usually he's pretty good at reading these corners coming in. And I don't know if he thought I was going near post and he kind of totally misreads and he gets, he's out of position and leaves, you know, uh, Delict to be able to power home a shot. Um, even if Malinkovic was there. It's probably would have gone in there, but uh, good goal nonetheless. Uh, nice early lead for you guys in the derby. Just what you need. You know, at that point, it can go either way, right? It can go either become a blowout or stay mm-hmm. tight. And you, you know, more often than not in these games, it's going to stay tight. Um, chances went back and forth uh, in this first half. Pellegrini getting involved here and there. Uh, he would come off at halftime, Cliff. But um, what else from that first half that really drew your attention? I mean, obviously, for me, opportunity is going both ways still. It's very much a derby. Um, but some missed opportunities in this first half as well. What did you see from the rest of that first half? Well, um, as you guys said in a couple of your comments with Vlaovic, extremely physical play um, from both sides. A lot of fouls were given um, in this game. Three yellows were handed out. Um, and that's not a ton, but, you know, the derby, everything's a little bit more heated. Um, and I've noticed with Juve, when they're getting – like when there's players who can really be physical and, you know, assert themselves into a match – they struggle a little bit with physical presence type players. Um, like when it's a lot more open, like in, against an Atalanta, which obviously we didn't win that match, but we were able to come back. We have a lot more opportunities when we're playing a more open match. When we have a team kind of not sitting back, but absorbing the pressure and then countering, you sometimes have a little bit of trouble with that. We get caught out in the counters. So what I noticed in that first half was more so the Juve was also giving up a lot of possession. Um, overall, I think they gave up, it was like 54 to 46 possession for Torino. Um, so just, I think giving up too much possession as well as not being clinical, not putting enough, not, not being quick triggered. Um, and that's why I liked Vlaovic from Fiorentina because he's very quick to pull the trigger on shots. And I've noticed in the matches he's played so far, he's been a little bit hesitant to just rip it and take a shot and just go for it. Cause he, we know he has the ability. Sometimes he overthinks it and tries to put one extra pass when maybe it's just best off that you shoot it and then see, maybe it takes a deflection or something and maybe it goes in. I always think it's the best policy. If you have a good opportunity on goal to shoot it, because then most likely something will happen, like a deflection and maybe it bounces yeah. to Dybala and he slots it in. But I think that's been the main thing for this half, for that first half was also just trying to take more shots and just trying to be a little bit more creative on the ball. That's what we, and in particular Frank said the last podcast, right? Is it's what's what we like about Vlahovic is that he's not scared sometimes to take those shots in the Fiorentina matchup. He was gripping it and ripping it basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Frank talked about that in the last podcast. And Frank, with Bremer really doing a number on Vlahovic in the first half, it was really important for both Pellegrini and Cuadrado to be, you know, effective going forward. We did we saw one maybe a little bit with Cuadrado and defensively he was struggling, but Pellegrini not doing enough for me in that first half. What did you see the rest of that first half? Well, he got hurt, so you're a hard son of a bitch to impress. I am. <laughs> so that's <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that just added to Juventus's problems, and Decilio had to come on, um, which you know I I am led to believe Allegri preferred to 
save Dechilio for uh, Villarreal. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think with this setup, you lose the dynamic of what Weston McKenney can do, and you lose that extra guy that um, loosens things up for the other team. You know, Zachariah doesn't look like he's comfortable in being a McKenney. And what, what did we talk about last week, Richard? What did we talk about in our Juve analysis that people can see the clip of? You know, it's Locatelli got, and McKinney both. We've got, you know, Locatelli and McKinney are functionally the same guy. Skill set, they're the same guy. Um, why is Locatelli playing in a position where he's protect, being asked to protect the back four? That's not his game. Um, you know, you, know you, you got rid of the guy that is supposed to be that guy, Bentoncourt. Um, Arthur could be that guy. Um, I would have gone for Arthur playing from the start and Locatelli playing in Zacharias' spot. Because what, what did Locatelli do for Sassuolo? Box to box, and he found spots in the penalty area, and he followed. He got in behind the runs that, you know, Juricic was making, Berardi was making, Boga, Caputo, those guys last year. This year, he's he's staying home more. You know, when he played for Italy, he scored he scored goals for Italy at the Euros, you know, in, in functionally the same role. Um, but now he's sitting back, and I don't think this is the best use of Manuel Locatelli's skill set. Um, I think he needs to play it. If you're going to play this 4-3-2-1 that, that, that Allegri's playing, Locatelli needs to play to the right, and you've got games where you play him to the right, and other games you play McKenney to the right. And you got to find somebody that's going to sit in front and protect that back four. Um, do you want, you know, should... I, I don't know what your feeling is about Arthur Cliff, but I think he's the closest thing you guys got that to somebody that should be playing that role. Uh, and, and, and this further speaks to the mess that we have in, in, with Juventus's midfield. I mean, because they've had such a re revolving door of players over the years, they haven't been able to define roles, put people in spots and say, here, stick with it. They seem to like to put Rabio in the same spot every time, and that's fine. Um, they've Hell, they've put Rabio at wingback. Um, a couple times. Which, well, I have yeah. to mention that you ruined my mood for the night. What the hell? Well, uh, you know, I I like it's there's there's a there's a there's a fraction of me, Cliff, that likes to burn Hugh of a people. It's just, that's fine. I, I can I, I can take it. <laughs> so, but but in all you know, in, in all seriousness, you know, why are the top three sitting where they are? Because they have the three best midfields collectively in this mm -hmm. league, okay? They have roles. They're put in those roles, and they stick with it. They don't put a square peg in a round hole like we're doing with Locatelli right now. You know, Inter, yeah. you know, Brozovic has his Well, role, Milan have Krunic, has Krunic every now and then, you know. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> just, that's just Pioli's teacher's, yeah, uh, that's teacher's pet. Um, Napoli, you, you, you know what Lobotka's going to do when he's in there. You know what Fabian's going to do when he's in there. You know what Zielinski's role is when he's in there. It's, you know, it's defined. We're, we're moving Juve guys around so much. We're buying and selling midfielders so much, and, and there's no continuity. And that's, where I, that's, that's a big area for me where they've fallen behind, um, you know, the three teams that are at the top. Mm-hmm. That's a really and I said point. as a collective, I said as a collective, Jerry Mancini, I know you want to keep going on talking about how SMS is the best midfielder in the league, which we can have a conversation about that too, because I don't know if that's true. Um, but He's up there. He's up there. Um, he's at the table. But, I mean, I'm talking about collective midfields in this league. Mm -hmm. you know, And the three that are at the top are there because they have the three best 
midfields in this league as a collective. What's your assessment of your midfield, uh, Cliff? You know better than than us because you see it. You see it more more thorough than we do. What are your thoughts on the Juventus midfield? Um, so it really depends because they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because they don't really know what to do. They don't know if they're running a four-two-three-one or a four-three-three. They don't technically have the personnel to run a four-three-three because they don't have an out-and-out out left winger, and Dybala is not a right winger. So kind of, it's kind of weird. It's kind of they've been doing this last game. It was categorized as a four-three. 2-1, and you had three midfielders. You had Murata and Dybala kind of pinching in. It's kind of the second center forwards or whatever, and then Vlaovic is up top. Looks I guess narrow. that's fine. The trident's kind of working, but so assuming we go with three-man midfield, I agree that Frank um, was saying about Locatelli. I think Locatelli is decent defensively, but I don't think he's a regista. I think he's a guy that you can play up and down the field to, you know, if he needs to drop back, he can drop back and help defensively. But you also want to give him the freedom to get up the pitch and do what he does best is create opportunities and you know get in areas where he could be dangerous. And then also Weston McKinney is really good just free roaming and being a pest, just annoying yep. the crap out of the other team. And I kind of love it because I used to play like that in my um, younger days, in my youth days, um, even though I'm technically still a youth. Uh, when I was really young, um, I used to love pestering other players and just like run at them and just make their life a living hell. And that's what Weston does. And then Zakaria is an interesting one because in the Bundesliga, it seemed like he was a CDM. And I think if Juve really want to play with this deep-lying playmaker, Zakaria might be that best player to fit that role. Um, and I don't think Juve, and somebody on all oh, Juve cast brought it up, I don't know if Juve needs a set regista because you have a good revolving door of midfielders. I think if you have Loka, um, Zakaria, and Weston in there, you have three good players who can drop back and help defensively, but then you also – all of them have good offensive qualities as well, so you get a really good mix. And Frank brings up Artur. You guys might not like this, but I think Artur is like the dollar store Jorginho because um, he's like he's good at passing side to side. He's obviously not the passer that Jorginho is. Jorginho is a phenomenal passer. We know this. Um, and Jorginho is a little bit better defensively. Artur is getting a little bit better with his defensive responsibilities, but – He's good to have in rotation, but I don't think he can hold up as a starter game to game as being that regista. So if you ask me right now, I, that was a very long answer, but I would say my three men midfielder right now is Loka, Zakaria, and Weston McKinney. Okay. Well, I'm glad you brought up Weston McKinney because he eventually would get subbed into the game. Uh, for Paul DeBala, Paul DeBala looked like he pulled up lame. Uh, mm -hmm. Really hard to tell, but he was signaling to be subbed off, and he came off for Weston McKinney there. Uh, 62nd, or excuse me, 53rd minute. Um First off, any reports on what's on Paulo Dybala, how serious the injury is? Uh, he is out. Um, it doesn't seem like a very serious injury, but he will be out against Villarreal. I okay. think they said him and Rugani will be 10 days. Hmm. Um, I think something like that. So it doesn't seem like long-term. But this does have me worried with Dybala because this has been a trend over the last year and a half, two years, that he keeps getting injured and feeding into the you know idea that he's injury-prone. Yeah. So it does worry me. I really hope that he can – stay healthy for more than two weeks because when he's on the pitch, in my opinion, he's the best player in Serie A when fit. In my opinion, he's just an unreal player. He's just one of the best creative players. And I'm biased. I'll, I'll say I'm very biased. So if you guys don't agree, it's completely fine. Uh, but he's he's a top, top player. So I just hope he can stay healthy. My, my longstanding concerns with Dybala. And I get it. He's very skilled. I don't see him... In the, I don't see him in the big games. Um, I don't see him 
especially away from Juventus Stadium. And it's something that has kind of been ongoing for a few years now. Um, that's the one big concern I have with him, that, you know, he has not transcended into the realm, let's say, of world-class players where he can bring that game anywhere. You know, I mean, for me, a world-class player can bring his game anywhere, okay? Um, case in point, the game at Atalanta last last week, I don't think he, he was he was a non-factor. Um, and a lot of that had to do with what Allegri put out there. He doesn't start Quadrado, and now you put all of the burden on Dybala, and you play, you play narrow, you play predictable. It's easy to maybe take some things away from him. But I don't doubt the skill. And, and I, I thought in 17 when he dominated Barcelona over two legs, I said, okay, he's on his way. But then we get the final against Real Madrid, and he's nowhere to be found. He was a league MVP, he was a league MVP two years ago. I'm just talking about big one-off games. Okay, I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to knock the man. He's a good player. Okay, why I can't anoint him into the, you know, into the world class conversation is because there's been many games where it's on the line. It's a big game. It's a big opponent at the J. And I've seen more often than not, he is not. He he hasn't delivered. Um, you know, it, he and 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 it's and it's one of those things that's aggravating to me because I'm. I'm with you as far as his talent. I'm with you with what he can give to a team with his playmaking. Mm-hmm. It's all there. But there are times where you there are times where you squeeze him or you demand a lot. You demand more from him or you want him to now take that next leap and he doesn't he doesn't quite do it. Um yeah, that's the that's only fair. thing that's the only thing for me that I would say about Dybala. I think he's an excellent player. Um but I put him just short of I, I I put him just short of world class, but that's that's not that big of an insult. Richard will tell you I'm very very selective about who I call world class in football. Yeah, yeah. Can I, can I, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say that's very fair, and for me too. There's only I I think that's very fair to put him a peg below world class because in my opinion, there's very few players who I think in the game right now are world class. Um, there's only a handful of them, but um, I think you're you're very in your opinion saying that you know he hasn't showed up for big games so I think that's that's not far off at all and you got Ant in here saying he's def- definitely a polarizing player with Juventini either with him or against him yeah. I love him because some of my fondest memories were with him um, yeah. since he's joined the club and sure. because he looks like a 12 year old like me um, when I don't have a beard so we, we kind of relate in that sense we're kind of I'm glad you brought it up not us we're, yeah. we're, fellow, we're fellow baby face assassins as they like to call us um, so yeah well, my son my son loves him He's one of my son's favorite players. My son's you. My son's Juventino. I don't know where I went wrong there, but I wonder. Yeah, I wonder there we I, go. I think the ball was trending in the right direction to that world class level. Mm-hmm. Bringing in Ronaldo has a big setback for him because he he got off. I agree. Free kick mm-hmm. duties, which he was a superior free kick kicker, and didn't get takes it. Didn't get takes anymore. And I think that really mm-hmm. stagnated his progress. I think because I, he was certainly trending in that level. As you know, as Anthony mentioned, he was MVP a few years ago. So yeah, you know, he's certainly a phenomenal player, but. Pulling up injury, which you never want to see as a, either Juventini or a neutral, uh, one of the big time players in Serie A go down with the injury. Yeah. He comes off, and it was good timing that he came off, really, because Torino and Breckel really started, you know, getting to this game and really trying to, you know, trying to uh, capitalize, uh, get an equalizer there. Weston comes in. You think that'd be be good for Juventus in terms of of, of you know shutting down maybe some of the attack. Mm-hmm. 
Torino were getting to the game, though. Uh, and then finally, um, Breckel was a nice move against Cuadrado. We talked about how Cuadrado is really good offensively. Defensively, he's been a struggle, and that's why we saw him not in the – that's why we saw um, uh, Danilo playing the other game and right back last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was because of his defensive frailties, and he got beat by Breccolo, swings it in the box, one of the goal of the week candidates. Um, Il Gallo Belotti with a fantastic volley at a midair. 1-1, game on, uh, all of a sudden, Cliff. You had to been worried that they were beaten so easily down the right wing side and leaving Belotti – Yes, Sandro was in the vicinity, and Delic probably could have positioned himself better. But you know, you can't give a guy like Belotti freedom in front of the goal, especially mm-hmm. when you're that close. Oh, never, never. Because the thing is, these these are still professional footballers, um, so they're they're still gonna when they get that opportunity. Belotti is probably, um, I would say, you know, I mean, we know at his best, he was like being touted as a hundred million dollar player by uh, Cairo. Whether you believe that number or not um, is his value, but he's a, he's a good footballer. So the fact that he hit that shot was phenomenal and just a breakdown defensively. Um, yeah, you put it really, really well. Frank, um, as, the game, as the game progressed, you know, both teams getting their chances. Uh, Vlahovic not as much as, you know, as, as maybe Cliff would like, right? But um, there was a play about 10 minutes after the goal where a ball goes into to the Juventus defensive end. Um, elbows go up. Cuadrado ends up getting a yellow on this play. It looked like from the replays that, well, Cuadrado gets the yellow for mouthing off the referee. Yeah. But maybe, just maybe, I think Belotti should have got the yellow there because elbows were up in that play, and he did get Cuadrado. What is your take on, on that play? Hmm. Um, Not feeling it. Yeah, I mean, Belotti got away with one, I think. I agree with you. Um, I mean, but... It's one of the well few done, times well I've, done, Frank. We like that. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to mouth off the referee for sure. Yeah, of course yeah. not. Yeah. Um, you know, but um, it's you know, it, it, it's what it is. I don't think it. I, don't, I mean, it really didn't change anything with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. no, you know, I think it's it's one that Belotti got away with. I'll, I see. Now, now listen, Juve Twitter. I will be honest and open when I think you guys get screwed. Okay. But if I think he got away with one, I'm going to say that too. I'm not going to sit here and scream Juve privilege or conspiracy. I did that a few years ago, and I had people <laughs> yelling at me. For, I did it on Gigi Buffon's 40th oh, birthday. Oh, God. Oh, how <laughs> could you? Come on, man. I was like, everybody's writing a tribute piece about this guy, and my 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 article happened to just get released on the day of his 40th birthday, and I had, I had the barbarians at the gate. Just so happened to be released. <laughs> This so happened to be. He knows when he's releasing this stuff. Don't pretend like you don't know. <laughs> he was planning it. He was planning. He's like, not Let the me only just fan base. The legacy not... of one of the greatest goalies of all time. You're not the only fan base I burn. Don't worry. Oh, I go after the Roman games. clubs pretty good too. So. Yeah, but but that I mean that boy like the thing is Cuadrado has always been kind of a hothead. Like so, it's I mean you're in right. It. He got he both to get away with one, but you, you're always going to get a yellow if you mouth off. It's, that's just what happens. Yeah, yep. we saw that a lot this weekend. Actually, uh, players getting mouthing off the ref and getting cards. Managers um, too. Yeah, yeah. Mourinho, yeah. baby. Mourinho, Gasparini too. Uh, so yeah, we you know we talked about you know Vlahovic being pocketed by Bremer. Vlahovic eventually would come off as Anthony mentioned. You know, too predictable. Brought on Moise Kane. I don't know what, what can he do in that situation, right? Um, Bremer, fantastic game. I think Malinkovic Savic had a really good game, as did Pobega. Mm-hmm. Um, they did well to minimize the 
quality opportunities for Juventus. Juventus probably had some opportunities they missed. Torino did as well. Um, outside of, I mean, was there anyone on Juventus' side you thought had a pretty decent game? Obviously, Delic gets a goal in there. Um, but, I mean, the main takeaways from the game, and I think, you know, people want to point their finger off Vlahovic. You got to give credit to Bremer for the defensive work he does. I mean, everyone knows who he is. Mm-hmm. He shows up in every week. It seems that he takes down some of the best uh, strikers in the league. Him, his performance, and Milinkovic Savic again having another strong performance and goal. Thoughts on the game? I end up one-one. Uh, not the result you wanted, obviously, um, especially when with the, you know, any chance you can make separation between you and Atalanta and get closer to that top four, maybe cement yourself in the top four. Didn't mm-hmm. get it. Overall thoughts of the game? Disappointed because you know it's a derby. You never want to draw a derby. Um, you know, I feel like we had an opportunity to take a step, not saying that we would would be making a Scudetto run. Cause I think those are, I think there's a slim chance, but I think basically this week, this weekend kind of put it to bed for us. Um, because you know, these are the games you need to win in order to be competitive for that top spot. Um, when people are dropping points, this is when you need to capitalize. Um, obviously nobody dropped points when we, when we drew the match, but that the point still stands and, I think DeLitt would probably be my best player this match for Juve. I think you made a good point with Lovic being predictable. I think in this game, seeing how Bremer was being so physical, he maybe could have been doing more diagonal runs away from. Um, I know it sounds stupid, but going away towards goal to pull Bremer out and then have Dybala kind of slot in and then have him try to maybe put it into the box and have Dybala do something instead of him being kind of the focal point, knowing that he was kind of the guy that everybody was looking at. So maybe that could have been a way that he got about it, but – I'm not a professional footballer, so what the hell do I know? <laughs> Frank, uh, takeaways from this game. Um, obviously, the main talking point is Bremer to Vlahovic, but what else What else did you see from that game, or how are you feeling after that game? With not only Juventus, but, but also Torino, with um, the way that Juric commanded this team and got a, got a good result. Um, a few things here. I mean, Bremer now is on everyone's mind. Um, after that performance. I mean, I think we had him in our uh, squad of Hinoda, um back in December, back at the midway point of the season. So we, we, you know, it wasn't hard to be ahead on, on him. And I want, I'm not going to say that we were ahead of everybody on him because we weren't. People knew about him. Um, but uh, I think that this, this performance really thrusts him into the limelight, center of attention, rumors about where he might go next. Uh, you know, are going to just start coming thick and fast. Um, I do want to highlight a couple of other guys that I thought looked really good. Um, you know, Joseph Preccolo, providing the creative spark in advanced positions. This guy's a real deal. Uh, Wolfsburg could probably use him right now. Um, so, uh, Wolfsburg's, but Veghorst over at Burnley's getting a goal and an assist on the weekend, too. I mean, everybody's leaving Wolfsburg and they're getting productive. So, figure that one out. I don't know how they're doing in Bundesliga. You would know that, Richard. Um, but I've been, I've been watching more of the second division, but you know, yeah, I, know. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> he, he he's awesome. a dedicated man. You got to love it. Um, I do want to, I, I think another guy that I think deserves some attention is a, you know, a former Juve guy, uh, Rolando Mandragra. I thought that he quietly had a good performance in this game. I thought that he created things in the run of play. He set some people up for some chances. They weren't he was, great. He was some passion, wasn't he? He yeah. looked like he was spiteful of Juventus almost the way he was playing. I, don't I know. want to see him be successful because he had a lot of bad luck in his career, a lot of injuries and stuff, and I feel really bad for him because I think right now he's proven to be a solid player. Um, talented. And I, talented. 
yeah, he really is talented. And, and Frank made it, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Frank made a great point. He played a very good game quietly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was I think I think he was underrated, you know, in terms of his in, in, in terms of when we're looking at the best players in this game, and I think he definitely has to be in that conversation. Uh, you know, and then Belotti to I mean I, to 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 your chagrin, Cliff, I mean how 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 important is that goal for him? Um, oh yeah. Right now, if he's perfect. trying to get if he's trying to get things back on track, if he wants to be in Mancini's plans uh, for the couple of upcoming games here that are critical, and you know, let's hope they do it, qualify for the World Cup. Um, you know, so um, that's a positive sign. Um, on the Juventus side, you know, as much as I railed about him being out of position, Locatelli played well. Um, you know, he's, I don't think this maximizes his talent though. And, and that's, that's where I'm that, you know, that's where I'm concerned. And we've talked about that to obviously with the goal and, and Quadrado, you know, tending to be the kind of being the creative guy, uh, you know, in this attack. And now for Tuesday for champions league, uh, they're really going to need him. So, um, yeah, I mean, balanced game, you know, I, I don't think one team, I could I could give you a reason why Juventus should have won. I could give you a reason why Torino should have won. And when you yeah. have that, mm-hmm. one one's fair. And when for for a guy that everyone's been railing on that had butterfingers, Wojciech Chesney, he caught most of the things that came his way in this game. He did. Yeah. He had a decent game, I thought too. So he's brought himself back since the yeah. beginning of the season. He's really brought himself back into the 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 love of the Juventus fans because at the beginning of the season we wanted to kill him. We yeah. did not like him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like I was one of the people saying, "Oh, put Petty in." And I'm happy we didn't because, you know, Allegri had faith with Chesney, and now look at him. He's, he's playing well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, are you, I mean, nine, nine back of first. Do you, do you, do you give yourself a chance at the Scudetto or do you just say, Hey, all right, this, this started off poorly. We've got some pieces in place. Let's get. Let's just get top four. Let's stay in the Champions League next season. I mean, it's almost it's it's pretty naive to have that kind of mentality considering the success that Juventus have had, not just you know over the last dozen years, but I mean throughout history. This is the you know domestically the winningest team in Italy. You know, it's kind of almost blasphemy to say, yeah, fourth's good, but under the circumstances, I would think you would take it and run considering the start. Considering that, okay, the top three are all going to slip this weekend, but you can't depend on that every weekend. Just get back to the Champions League, it, or is that just maybe the floor for you guys with saying, "Hey, nine is not too much to overcome. We could still have a shot at this." Um, I think I'd be a fool to say, "Oh, we're top Scudetto." You know, I'm like I'd be a typical Italian American fan. Yo, the Scudetto is so in reach, man, because we're Juventus. No, no, it's not. Um, I think realistically. I it's, I know that was a really bad impression of an Italian-American from, like, New York. But um, I think, yeah, I mean, I think Juventus is pretty much out of it. They have a very slim chance. Um, they need, like, everybody to keep screwing up, which I don't think it will happen. Um, I think Juventus, they they have to swallow their pride, make top four, get the hell out of this season with top four, get to try to make a decent showing in um, UCL, try to get to, like, quarters, maybe semis if they if they get lucky with a draw. Um but they need to they need to impress the rest of the season, but try to get out of it, you know, fairly unscathed, because 
uh, and they'll say all the right things. They'll say, oh, yeah, we're still pushing this for the Scudetto and all that. They'll probably say all that. But behind closed doors, they'll be going for just making top four. I think they end probably third or fourth. Um, I think they can they can stay up there in the top four. I think top four is very doable. Um, but I think Scudetto is is done. I think it's basically done. Richard, with some of this, with the with the team selection from Allegri, some of the substitutions, not leaving anything to chance with Tabala pulling up and things like that. Um, you know, punting on on Vlaovic doing anything in this derby. Everything here tells me that I think Allegri's on Operation Champions League right now. That he thinks he can get fourth. That he's not as worried about that. It's all about hey, this is a if if, if we want to be serious, this is where our resources and our energy needs to be spent. Yeah, and I think that's probably the right mentality to do because I think it's you have a better chance of going deep in Champions League than you do, especially with the draws, like Cliff said, uh, as opposed to winning the Scudetto. Now, is, is it possible? Yeah, it's a very slim chance. But you know, if you're Juventus, I think it's still a good season if you end up in the top four. Considering how the season started, I think finishing top four would be a really good finish. And so I think Allegri is confident that they can get the job done, especially with Atalanta flourishing right now or um, a fl- floundering right now, I should say, and, you know, and – Nobody else really seems like they want that, that spot. Um, they feel fairly comfortable there, and they should put their eggs in the basket. The defenders in Europe are going to be – well, there are some good ones out there for sure. Vlahovic might will have more room out there to do what he needs to do. Morata, you know, Morata is very experienced in that kind of, in that kind of situation, so he's going to do well, and hopefully the baller shows up in these big games. I think that's the way he, they should go, and I, I certainly think that, you know, if they play this Villarreal matchup um, – right they can get a win and then you know like you said if they get the right draw they could easily look at maybe going to the semifinals which would be phenomenal and then who knows from there right uh and yeah. the, now with the way girl rules gone even even better chance right you do one really good performance at home you can really get a a nice lead there so mm-hmm. yeah it's uh i think that's what a letter should do and i think that's what juventus should do top four that's be your goal and then focus on champions league and the first obstacle for juventus and that and we're going to get into that now is Villarreal, and um, this is a team that throughout the group stage, when you took a look at them domestically, they were struggling. They were mid-table at best, uh, but they have really kicked on of late. Uh, they're unbeaten in their last four in all comps. Um, they just beat Granada 4-1. They've done it without Gerard Moreno, who is their top scorer. Um, I don't think they'll have him uh, for Tuesday, but... This is a Villarreal team that has a very good mix of experience and energetic players that I think are going to pose some problems here for Juve, especially in Spain over the first leg. Um, just about everything runs through Dani Parejo uh, in the midfield. Very experienced player. Uh, will take a lot of the corners and set pieces. Very good deliver. Very good delivery of the ball uh, from him. Uh, and then after that, you got some guys here. You know. Unai Emery could set this team up pretty similar to how Gasparini set up Atalanta against Juve. Um, if you don't have Moreno, he went with um, he went with Arnott Danjuma and Giovanni Lo Celso as his forwards um, in the Granada game. And that kind of reminds me of how Atalanta looked when they had Boga and Coop Miners uh, for a large chunk of the game when they took Muriel out. And that asked some questions of Juve, especially with, with, with Koopmanis. How does this, how do the center backs function? Do we go after this guy? Do we stay home and create some, con- I think there's some potential there to create some confusion. Danjuma is very dynamic. Um, and Albiol did not play at the weekend, uh, but you've got Pau Torres in the back. 
Serge Aurier got the start. I don't know what they're going to do with their fullbacks if that's a if he's a regular guy. And Asenio has some experience in goals. So um, people will look at the name Villarreal and they'll think, well, it's it's not the best team in Spain. It's not Real Madrid. It's not Barcelona. It's not Atletico. We should be okay here. But I would I would just warn, and especially not having a guy like DiBala being a little bit shorthanded in the back. This first leg could be a little bit of a problem. Um, Cliff, let's start with you being the Juve guy. Thoughts on their prospects going into this first leg. What do you want to see? What do you want to get out of this uh, to set up for the second leg of the J? Well, first, is this one at home or is this away? First one's in Spain. Okay. Because I think um changes kind of how I think about this. I think, um, I think this one, I think you make a good point. I think Villarreal – are like going to be a very tough opponent. They're going to be very similar to an Atalanta. I think that's a very good comparison. Um, I think this one's going to be tight because it's in Spain, different atmosphere. I think that's going to definitely play into it. Um, but I think the way Juve need to set themselves up, they need to really – well, I, I'll tell you how I want them to set up. I, I want them to set up being attacking my – I want them to attack Villarreal. But my gut tells me that Allegri is going to push for the draw. He's going to just try to pull out some sort of one nothing shithousery kind of result. He's going to try to do his best to get a, a draw or a one nothing or some some favorable result here. And then I think that Juve can really demolish these guys at home. I really do. Um, but, um, you know, with being a little bit depleted, I think Juve probably their best lineup right now in this match is probably going to be – oh, it's just me on the screen, I see. Um, but uh, – I think I got very confused for a second. I got very scared. I'm like, am I hosting the show now? Um, we try to put the spotlight on our guests. Yeah, don't, don't do that to me pressure. ever again. Not, if you're not comfortable with that, we'll come back with the uh, the three screen. We're fine. I like the three screen. I do not like that at all. That scared the shit out of me. Um, I, I'm like, is this my show now? We're going to keep um, you honest. We're going to keep you honest. Yeah, we left. We're just going to let you talk. Yeah, no, done. nobody wants to see that for sure. Uh, but I think Juve lines up 4-3. Probably the Triton. Actually, no. This probably. I think they line up probably four two three one. Um, I think they'll probably go with. They'll probably go with Sandro. Sadly, at left back to go Chesney at goal. I think they go Bonucci, Um Right back is going to be. I think Danilo will get the shout. And I was gonna. Three. I was gonna say. I hope that happens and play Quadrado higher. You're gonna need to, without DiBala. Yeah. I think from a defensive standpoint, it'd be good. And then, I think the midfield is gonna shock people i think we'll probably be seeing a loca mckinney midfield um, okay um unless they decide to do a three-man then that will be um i think zakadia weston and loca but if they do a two-man i think it's loca weston or we i mean i think he'll start morata because it's spain and he feels very comfortable i think playing in spain so i think morata will get the start but don't be surprised if maybe we see weston playing like the left wing position because he likes to put him there so i think loca I know I'm saying like 50 different things, but this is what I'm sticking with. I think it's Loka McKinney. Uh, I think Morata on the right. Um, actually, we might actually see McKinney in the middle um, in front um, because we don't have Dybala. So that's a possibility as well. And then, so I know I threw another stupid, another formation idea in the mix. Quadrado right, and then Vlaovic up top. So I think the way this team is shaping up, it really is shaping up to attack Villarreal. But I think once Max gets a goal or two, he'll try to really do his favorite thing and just sit back and absorb pressure with Alexandro in there. That makes me very scared. 
Um, but I think we can come out of this one with a one nothing, two nothing win. Um, uh, I really don't want to say draw, but I have this like gut feeling that we're going to get a draw in this one. And then I think the next leg we get like three one win. What would you say to four four two? If we're going to throw a bunch of formations out there, you get Murata and Devalovic together up front. You can play Quadrado as a right mid. You can probably play McKenney to the. You can move McKenney to the left. You get a couple. You know, you go, you go Locatelli, Rabio. You go Locatelli, Artur, Locatelli, Zach. Um, Honestly, that's not a bad shout to run a four-four-two in this one. Um, very traditional formation, but with the personnel that we have at our disposal right now, that might be the best way we can line up right now with having okay. Morata and Vlaovic playing off each other. That's that's a really good point, Frank. So I, I think this would be. I don't think I don't think he'll do the four-four-two. It's a good idea. I just don't think he'll do it because they haven't practiced a ton with that formation in matches. So I. I have this feeling that he's not going to throw it in that crucial of a match. But, yep. I mean, Allegri knows how to shock us all the time, so maybe he pulls something out of his bag of tricks. I don't know if that's a great formation either. I don't know if that's a great formation with Weston out wide because you take away his best attributes, which is in the middle, being a bulldog and really disrupting the team. And I think if they go to like a 4-2-3-1 or something where um, put Cuadrado up in the attack instead of the defense, right, and they can put, you know, Daniel or on the on the right back or something like that. But you, you could see him. you could see Quadrado as a right winger. Yeah, that I would, yeah, I would, I would not to yeah. play Kovlovich is left. Yeah, yeah I and place Dybala absolutely. Yeah, if you need McKenny in that middle, but I yeah, think I'll, you're going to have to play Quadrado higher without Dybala in the lineup. You do not want him. Danjuma is going to operate on that side a lot, and you're yeah. not going to want Quadrado have to worrying about dealing with him defensively, expending a lot of energy, and now you're demanding him you know, to provide the creativity going forward. I think, I think Danilo has to start it right back. I a hundred percent agree. And I think he's been very underappreciated by fans of the league in general. He's done very well this season when he's played. And I want to say to Ant's comment, I was that confident until I found out it was in Spain. That kind of changed my mentality. Um, If it was in Italy, I would have said, I think Vlaovic has a brace. And I think this ends up being three, one, because I think, I think he's due for like a really big breakout game for him to like, just go crazy. I think wow, this game sets up perfectly for Allegri, Allegri football, which is Sadly, soak, up, which is soak up defensively, play on the counter, and get the goals, get out of there with a one 2 nothing win, and be, be done with it. Now, that's best-case scenario. Villarreal are a very talented team, Frank, mm-hmm. and Frank, we know this. We've covered them for a long time. They they have guys. They have playmakers. So Allegri is going to be looking to be very defensive, not give up too much defensively, and then take their opportunities when they get there, whether it's Vlaovic or Morata mm-hmm. or whomever. Um, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I mean, if you get yeah. two, three goals, I'd be shocked, honestly. I think it's going to be – Allegri's going to hope for a draw or maybe a, a one nothing or one-goal win and then get back to yeah. Juventus. If we get back to Torino and uh, and Turin and, and try to get another win there. So this is – I'd be shocked if there's anything outside of that, Frank. I don't know if what you're thinking, but I, I don't see anything flashy from them until they go home. And maybe they open yeah. it up, maybe. I have to check. Hang on. Um just I'm I'm I here's what I'm looking at. I'm just trying to see. Um where is it where is it? Champions League. There we are. Okay. Villarreal. Villarreal is plus one forty five favorite. Juve's plus two hundred, plus two twenty five for a draw. Um I probably would mm-hmm. take that action for a draw. I mean, um, I think that's fair too. At two I at two twenty five, I'd probably I don't I wouldn't go so far to say I'd hammer it, but I would I would go I would I would be interested in that. 
Um, I'm trying to see the. Remember, this is an Atalanta. They're not going to go for the attack, and Atalanta has no defense, yeah. so they're just going to play one way. Allegri doesn't like to open up the games. He likes to be defensive and keep. He's be very tight. Yes, exactly. So that's what I'm fully expecting in this game. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing both teams to receive a card at yes minus 500. <laughs> I don't think I'd play, I don't think I'd play that. Um, but no, the it looks like right now over under on goals uh, under two two and a half is sitting at like 1.91, and I think I would crush that too. I would, yeah, um, if I can get under two, if I can get positive odds on under two and a half, I'm. You know, and if I had sportsbook in Wisconsin, I'd be hammering that bet. I because I, I think this game's going one-one. Um, uh, Anthony said he would spin. <laughs> yeah. I'll sprinkle some Chicoria on a draw. <laughs> Twenty-five. Why oh, not? I love it. Right? <laughs> I love it. He's the best man. One of the yeah. best people. Yeah, I mean the the plus two twenty-five on a draw. I wouldn't go so far to hammer it, but I would put something on it. Yeah, because I feel like a draw is a very, very likely result here in this game. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Richard. I think that, um, I think that Allegri is going to set up to absorb. They're going to find a way to get one. I don't know if this is the deuce on the loose game, Anthony. Um, uh, I, I think that he could be a factor and he could be a presence and create for other players, but. I think what's what's working for Juve is that there isn't a, a reference in Moreno for them to worry about. There is Danjuma, who is Boga-like, and they had their problems with Boga. Um, can they adjust from that? Um, and then, you know, and then what do you do with a guy like Pareo who sits behind everything and can pull strings? Um, you, you know, those are the things that Allegri are going to have to figure out over the next couple of days, but... This is going to be Allegri ball, Allegri ball at its very best. Um, I'm going 1-1 here, uh, which away goals don't count for anything anymore. But 1-1 um, means Juve just have to win the home match, which they should do. Uh, and then yeah. they can move on to the last eight. Yeah, and Rich, who, who's that commenting? Who's that in the chat? Who is that? What? what? Olivia, who's that? <laughs> how is how is Cliff in two places at once? I had to get that in. That's my my favorite thing is hopping your show and then seeing Olivier Giroud on the show. Love that scene. Olivier Giroud's baby. He's on the you're show. You're just trying to you're, you're just trying to watch yourself talk. Yes, exactly. just like us. Just like us. Yeah, Good. but I mean, I have to mention. That. I mean, this dude literally looks like the son of Lovetsy and Olivier Giroud. Like every week, how do you look this beautiful? Like it's not, it's not possible. It's all camera tricks. It's all camera tricks. It's all camera tricks. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Okay, so that's man. We uh, we covered just about every inch of Juventus there, guys. Great stuff. I don't like it. I don't like talking this much Juventus. To be completely honest, it impresses me. Well, that makes three of us. You know. You know. I think. Uh, I think maybe uh, twenty minutes of it was about was 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 good, intelligent, tactical discussion. The rest of it was you ranting. <laughs> So. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I probably took an hour of your time just BSing about you. That's okay. We give our guests all the time they want. So, well, but quite- anytime you guys want me to talk non-Juve, I love talking. Honestly, I love talking everything other than Juve because I. Talk all right. To well, Juve. we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna talk everything other than Juve now. So you ready? Nice. 
We're going to go lightning fast with the rest of what's going on in the match week. Seven other games complete, two games tomorrow. Uh, let's start with uh, Saturday morning, Sampdoria and Empoli. 2-0 to Sampdoria. Old man Fabio Quagliarella back on the score sheet, uh, scoring two, getting him in the 14th and the 29th minute. Uh Antonio Condreva was not available to serve him up like in that old uh, uh, that old video clip. But, uh, oh, no, yeah, no, he did. He got an assist, 14th minute. Excuse me. I should read this. I need my readers sometimes. <laughs> so, um, but, and, all right, yeah, no comment. I'm getting old. Bartosz <laughs> Berezinski getting the other assist. So, 2-0 uh, win to Sampdoria. Other notes there. It was Empoli with all the possession. Uh, really didn't do a whole lot to harm. Uh, Falcone's goal, even though Falcone came up with two big saves, you know, nothing beyond that. Roma and Hellas Verona, wow. Um, Hellas Verona open with a 2-0 lead in the first half. Antonin Barak in the fifth minute. Adrian Tamez in the 20th. Uh, nice little cutback ball by Caprari to find him, uh, making it 2-0. And then um, the youngsters, exactly right, Anthony Lafleur. Youngsters to the rescue for Roma. <laughs> Did Mourinho just say "fuck it"? I'm putting in the kids. <laughs> My professional suck. I'm time. putting. I'm putting the kids in. Christian Volpato makes it two one. Eduardo Bove makes it two two. And I haven't even had time to go even look up who the hell these guys are. I just know they're young. <laughs> so uh, Mourinho, I think, said something about the referee's mother, and he was sent to an early uh, exit. Um, I don't think coaches shower after the game. Maybe they do. Um, bring in this. Yeah, not, but he probably has his own shower because if you're a coach and you're yes. showering with your players, that's just weird. Um, weird. Yep. Uh, my surprise of the weekend, Salernitana 2, Milan 2, Junior Messias. Uh, after Teo ran forward and pretty much parted the Red Sea, a la Federico Fazio doesn't know where he should go. Um, and then he just slips it in and Messias just makes it his. Fifth minute, 1-0. Uh, 29th minute, nobody knows what Mike Magnan was thinking, uh, and it led to Federico Bonazzoli equalizing to make it 1-1. Uh, Milan Juric in the 72nd minute. Um, it was 2-1 uh, uh, there for Salernitana, but then it was Ante Rebic to the rescue in the 77th to spare the blushes for Stefano Pioli and co. 2-2. Uh, there on Saturday. Let's just quick get into Sunday's action. It opened up with Fiorentina and Atalanta. Gee, maybe it's the system. <laughs> Christoph Piontek, fourth goal in three games in all competitions. A brilliant performance overall by Nico Gonzalez providing the assist in this one. Uh, 1-0 has to be said. Dragovsky came up with a huge save on Cup Miners um, to help uh, preserve the win. Venezia and Genoa, relegation six-pointers. We need to keep these kits in Serie A. They're too beautiful for that team to go down. 1-1 it ended up. Uh, Thomas Henry in the 13th minute. Uh, Caleb Ekuban in the 29th minute. After that, not a whole lot to get excited about with this game. They played out to a 1-1 game. Uh, Inter, uh, coming off that emotional game against Liverpool, get their bogey team in Sassuolo. We've been saying it for years for whatever reason. Inter just struggled with Sassuolo. They did it again. Uh, Giacomo Raspadori in the eighth minute. Gian Lucas Camacca, 26th minute, uh, giving the win for Sassuolo. Um, Inter outshot Sassuolo 29 to 13 in this game. Uh, Andrea Consigli with eight saves. Um, uh, he is my goal of the week. 
the uh, saves that he had to come up with this in the game. Yep. Um, The overall performance. The overall performance. Goal of the week. So uh, he is a huge reason why Sassuolo have the three points. And that Milan's draw at Salernitana all of a sudden doesn't look so terrible. Um, Udinese won. Lazio won. uh, Another one of these teams coming back from playing a European match and then having to deal with a rather frustrating opponent. Gerard de la Feu in the fifth minute. Uh, Felipe Anderson in the 45th uh, to make it 1-1. Lazio had the possession in this match. Those two goals were of, were only two of only four shots on target in this game. So a lot of shooting, just not a lot of uh, dangerous chances in this game. And then when we get to Monday, we're going to have uh, at 1 o'clock East, Cagliari playing host to Napoli. And then at 3 o'clock East, if you want fun bad and lots of shooting and probably a lot of goals, Bologna and Spezia. So I think we need to just start at the top. Uh, Richard, you go first. Um, Inter, Milan, dropping points uh, right now. The Trending toward the uh, Scudetto that nobody wants. It does, right? And, and all points... Everything is pointing to Napoli blowing into Cagliari tomorrow with the way this weekend rolled out. I mean, this is on a platter for Napoli to take control of the of the of the race. Can they do it? We don't know. They're playing against Cagliari at home, which is always a difficult game, no matter what kind of form they're in. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, yeah, Milan and and Salernitana. And I remember when as soon as Milan scored that goal, Junior Messias, and everyone's like, "Oh, here we go, five nothing win." I'm like, "No, nah, Milan's going to find a way to make it tighter than it needs to be." Sure enough. We don't know what the hell Magnon's doing. The whole team really is at fault of that first goal. And then Bonazzoli with a fantastic finish, you know, one times that, that overhead kick. Uh, and then Salernitana were just a pain in the ass. And really, before that goal happened for Bonazzoli, Milan had all the chances in the world. And they should have scored three, four, four or five goals. But they missed their opportunities. And what happens in football, you don't get your opportunities. It comes back to bite you. And that's what we saw. Two goals from uh, Salernitana. Milan really had to struggle to get the... Uh, to get the draw, and they they may have had a chance to get in the win, but uh, ended up being one one. And then Inter Sassuolo, the way Sassuolo came out in this one, they were playing very defensive. I thought did very well to get that goal through Raspadori. Uh, you know, questions are going to be asked of Handanovic and letting that goal go between his legs. Um, and I said, as soon as that goal happens, like for the first fifteen minutes of the game, it was all like Inter going wave after wave. And I'm like, there's no way Sassuolo can keep this up because their defense is not that good. They need, to, they need to find a way to get more attack in there, and they eventually did. A couple minutes later, they got a goal, got that second goal, and after that, it was just going to be what can Inter do, and they couldn't really do much. Lautaro does not have his shooting stripes. He's having – his confidence is way down, way down there. He's not – I mean, he's struggling. He may have to be sitting a couple of times, let Alexis maybe get some starts in these games just to uh, get him focused again or something because uh, big, big three points that uh, Inter lost. And, uh, you know, like you said – uh, the draw isn't as bad for Milan, but still, you're going to think of what if. What if they got to three points? They could be in first place by you know more points, not just the, the two points now. So, yeah, it's a big weekend for all the teams up top. And then Atalanta losing to Fiorentina, you know. We talked about Demorel really pocketing Piantic much like he did with Vlahovic, but the big difference is Vlahovic used his opportunity and was clinical. I mean, if you watch his goal, it's very well done by him because he takes a shot in half stride, really. He had a glimmer of a chance to take a shot, and he took it, uh, and he put it away. Uh, and so full credit to him, and um, his you know, sensational return to Serie A is doing very well. And so, yeah, that, that the shock at the top is – I don't think it's over. I think tomorrow is going to be another surprise. But um, so far, I mean, like every team at the top is just dropping, it seems like, dropping big points. And so nobody wants a Scudetto, like you said. 
Um, I think on a different day, Inter win with how that game went. Um, the Milan performance is far more concerning. Um, I just, but you know what? Sometimes you're just not going to have your best stuff. Um, you know, and, and we'll have to see if this is a product of one game, Milan didn't have their best stuff. And if they, they pick it up and they rebound in the next one, or if this becomes a concerning trend and, and all of a sudden inhibits their ability to win the title. Um, that's what I saw from, that's at least what I saw from both teams. Uh, Cliff on the, the two Milan sides and their performances. So um, Milan, Salernitana obviously was not the result Milan wanted. And uh, for Salernitana, they're, they're probably thrilled that they're able to pull that result. Um, just Milan looked like they were giving way too much to Salernitana way too many opportunities, um, at least for, for what they want to provide Sloaney Tunnel with. So it just seemed a little bit too much. But, um, you know, Milan, if you said who is this more disastrous for, it's really tough because I'd probably say Inter just because they ended up losing the match. And they're, yeah. they were supposed to be, you know, everybody was like, oh, they're definitely going to screw that. So it's theirs to lose. Uh, they got this. And now it seems like they're kind of, uh, they're kind of falling apart. Um, and, uh, you know, Milan's not happy. Inter's not happy. I'm happy that they're not happy. So that's good for me. Um, <laughs> but Sassuolo, man, they came out with, like, like with a vengeance. And then their guy, uh, Junior Traore, he has been on fire. He's like, just been great the last few weeks. So good. Phenomenal. I think, I believe he's a former Juve player, um, like, in their uh, youth system. Um, I think they had him. And then, I don't know. I don't know if he's on like I don't know if he has buyback, but I know he was I think a UA player and they, they sold him to. I could be wrong on that. I could be completely wrong, but I I thought that was the case. But he's been playing phenomenal, and Sassuolo just they looked really really strong this match. Um, Richard, uh, one incident in the Fiorentina Atalanta game, the Malinowski goal that was yeah. uh, taken away for VAR. Subsequently, got Gasparini uh, sent off. <laughs> the boot. Um, what's that? You got the boot. You got the boot. Um, I was watching this, and I, I was watching this, and I looked at it, and my reaction was, I was watching it with my son, um, and uh, I, I said to him, I said, I think Gasparini has a right to be upset here. Yeah, I, and I, I think the rule needs to change because if the, if this happened in the six yard box or in the box, I agree hundred percent with the call. You could say a hot the board, you know, could have interfered with the goalie. But it, it happened so far out of the of the box that there was no I mean, there's no chance the goal is going to be confused about who the ball is going to go to. Melanovsky was nowhere close to being offsides, and that goal should have stood in my opinion. Um, and that's why the rule of you know of, I hate this rule where the, the gray areas like this really it was a poor call. And even they went to VAR and you know VR got it wrong in my opinion. Like I said, if this was in the box closer to the ref, the goalie. Um, 100% I'm okay with the call, but it was it happened so far out. Cliff, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, um, but to me, that should have been a goal. I know maybe you're happy, uh, and, and I know Juventina are happy, but in my opinion, that should have been a, that should have counted as a goal. It should have been a 1-1. As a Serie A fan, I was absolutely disgusted. I'm like, what? what is – like when I saw it in real time, I'm like, what are they calling? He's perfectly on side. He made a beautiful run, and you're basically – discrediting a great run that he made and a great finish that he had. Um, and your explanation, I didn't even realize it was Hattabur, um who was interfering. I didn't realize that was um, why they called it back. I thought that they're just blind and they thought Malinowski was offside. 
Oh, they're uh, blind, but it was at the board. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I just can't. I can't understand some of the calls this year. Like, what's the use of VAR, and what's the use of all these rules if a beautifully timed run and a great goal is dis discredited? It just makes no sense to me. The and and our friend Michael's going to listen to this. And 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 by the way, good news uh, for those. That that haven't been, and Michael's been checking in on social media. Michael Lisi, our guy we like to call our resident referee uh, here on City House Sit Down, um, he's recovering, recovering and resting well. Uh, you know, after his uh, after his stroke last week. So uh, again, we continue to wish all the best for Michael. But uh, I'm sure he's going to listen to this and get and, and weigh in. Um, okay, so it, uh, the, the player in the offsides position and his involvement in the play. Um, and what I have to conclude here is why they overturned the goal is, yeah, Hattabor is in an offside position. Does he play the ball? No. But does his offside position obstruct the position or maybe a defender's ability to defend? I mean, we're really splitting hairs here. I, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm not... I, 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 I would have rather seen the goal stand because I don't think I don't think enough went on where that was warranted. But I I have to um, give a hypothesis here that that's what the referees were looking at. Is his offside position doing enough to take away a defender's ability to defend and get to a get get to the ball? Um, yeah. That's the only thing that they could be looking at here to overturn the goal. And I don't think he did enough to take away the defender's ability to get involved with intercepting the cross um, from, you know, from what I watched. So um, I'm, I'm against the decision. I thought the goal should have stood and we should have been talking about Fiorentina not to lot to split in the points, but yeah, we'll see. Let's, you know, Michael will listen and we'll hear from him on Twitter. So, yeah. Also I want to say, I'm very happy, Mike, that you're doing better. We're all, we're all hoping for a very speedy um, recovery, and we're wishing you the best. Yep. All right. Um, anything else on that incident, Richard? Nope. No, that's pretty much it. I just, uh, yeah, like you guys said, it just it, that that rule needs to be tweaked a little bit more because it's it's a gray area, really, especially when it's that far out. So, are we? Is it? I, I mean, okay. So Milan drop points. Inter lose. Okay, Milan drop points to the bottom side, Salernitana, who you still have to give, you know, some, they're not going to survive, but they are playing a little bit better and they're making life a little bit difficult. They brought in a ton of veterans, you know, to try to help the cause here, as we said, you know, and then Roma, you know, dropping points here to, to Verona, which is maybe a little bit closer, but Inter you know, losing to Sassuolo. I mean, we're talking about, we're not talking about these teams as like complete pushovers that they should absolutely go and be like when Liverpool play at home against Norwich city on Saturday, you know, what's coming and you know how that's going to end. Um, I think the thing that we got to, should we give some credit to some of these bottom table teams that they are pesky enough that if, these top teams fighting for a title are not at their sharpest. They are going to drop points. May I, may I say something, Richard? Please, please, go, go, go first. 100%. We've been saying this on stoppage time, me and my co-host, Lou, for weeks, that 
there this is a completely different Serie A than what we grew up with. We grew up with when the lower teams and with all due respect to the teams, they were at the end of the table, the bottom of the table. They would if they're up against Juve, Inter, um, Milan, Napoli, you know they're gonna lose. You know they're gonna lose, and it was just a, a foregone conclusion. This is a much different era where these lower rated or lower ranked teams are going at you. They're going for the draw. They're going for the win because they don't really have anything to lose. They realize that it can only benefit them because say they risk it all and they lose five nothing, everybody's be like, oh, they're the lower team anyways. But if they risk it all and they win one nothing, then everybody's gonna praise them and they're gonna go up in the, the table. So we've been seeing a lot of this from the middle to mid table to the low table sides and. You have to give, I think, a lot of credit to them. Obviously, you discredit some of the, the work from the bigger teams that they're dropping points to these lower teams. But, you know, sometimes they get taken by surprise. Like last year, Benevento, um, I think they drew and beat Juventus. Like nobody expected that. Mm-hmm. Like nobody expects these results. And I think you have to credit them. And I think it makes the league a lot more exciting week to week. It makes you tune into some of these matches you wouldn't think you'd want to watch. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think certainly this is the more exciting league, and everyone's very competitive. Um, outside of that, I think my big takeaway is, you know, well, Sassuolo is a, as a team trying to get into Europe, and you expect them to be a, a tough-nosed team. They've always played Inter tough, right? But you look at Salernitana. What would Inter do against Salernitana, and what did Milan do? Inter would blow them away four or five nothing. We've already seen in this league. The, the Inter take care of who they have to at the yeah. bottom of the table. Now, against the top teams, they're struggling, and Milan is probably the best in the league against the top teams, and I get that. But the teams at the bottom, if you want to win the Scudetto, in my opinion, you cannot afford to drop points against the worst teams in the league when you know that your direct rival, not only in the city, but also for the Scudetto, is easily taking care of these teams. Um, now, granted, they they both drop points in the same weekend, and I get that, but that's a, that's a big thing for me. Like and we, we talk about this all the time, but like, the points that you lose throughout a season that, you, that could cost you a title, cost you a Champions League spot, it's games like this. Not so much the games against the big opponents. And, you know, we, we joked a lot about Lazio and Roma always losing to the top six, you know, and all that. And Milan are doing great work against the top six, the seven sisters. But it's these kind of games that drive you nuts because you're like, you should be winning the games. And full credit goes to Salernitana. They came out playing. They did the right thing. And they scored some wonderful goals. Um, but still, you know, you, I look at that and I'm like, what would Inter have done in that situation? That game would have been a no-brainer for me in that game. Most of the time, the games are tight, but Inter are doing what they have to against the bottom feeders, in my opinion. That's mm-hmm. what's setting them between Inter and Milan apart, in my opinion, yeah. Frank. I don't know what's your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, Inter beat, won that fixture at Salernitana 5-0 back in December. So, um, you know, so that might that might be a little bit of the difference. Um I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence um, because when I look at this table, I mean, the teams at the bottom still have a hell of a lot to play for. The teams in the middle still have a lot to play for. No one has, you know, we, we use the term. Everyone's the fighting. Everyone's yeah. fighting for a position, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. I watched Venezia Genoa this weekend. I mean, I would never have thought I'd be watching yeah. that match, but I watched it. And it's good because they also have young talent to watch. Cambiaso, Rovella, and Venezia have a few guys that are interesting. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are worth watching. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're the guy. You're the guy. <laughs> I got the radiance bump. <laughs> Paramount Plus is all of a sudden we gotta put, we gotta get Venezia on. We gotta, we gotta put, we gotta put a Venezia guy on our. On I do our like watching Venezia. Though. I, I, I do. I, I'll, I'll agree with Cliff on that. Venezia are fun to watch. You know, I some do, of the guys I, like Henri Okereke. Okereke is so Cusco. good. Yeah, yeah. Okereke is really good. Yeah. 
And then now you have Nani. You have Nani. He scored a really good goal. Uh, I think it was him who scored a really good goal today. Um, Just really, really impressive uh, from him. Portanova came on as a sub in that game. Uh, He's the guy that I've been hyping the last few weeks from Genoa. You know, that I like as kind of a... You said possibly going to Juve. You said you like him with Juve, potentially. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you... As a... You know, if you... To try to get a creative guy in that midfield that can take some pressure off of Dybala, take some pressure off of Cuadrado, and 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 stretch opponents a little bit more. Yeah, why not? Well, I think Rovell is the guy. I mean, Portanova is really talented, but I think Rovell is the guy who Juve is going to bring back, and they're going and not to make it about Juve again, but I think they're going to pull Rovella in because. But Ravella, you, you own you own Rovella, right? Yeah. So I yeah. yeah he comes back on loan anyways, but that's Portanova has been a name that's come out. Cambiasso has been a name that's been in the news. Um, these are some really talented players on a team, sadly, that's looking to be relegated. We should change this episode's title to the All UV Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> of course you are. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, th- these are teams that I mean, these are teams at the bottom that'll yield goals, but they've got enough quality up front to trip you up too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a good player. So, I mean. There, and there's really, like I said, and as we've been saying, there's nobody ready to roll over and quit yet. Yeah. You know, Salernitana played Saturday like they still think they can get out of this. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and they've got two games in hand on Genoa. They've got a game in hand on Cagliari and Venezia. So, you know, if they can find a way to win that, and, and there's there's a whole new belief because they've got some veterans in there now, like guys like Perotti and... And they got a manager who's done it before. Uh, and yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it would be an even more phenomenal escape than what he did at Crotoni. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you. Yeah. I'm not going to put it past him. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to yeah, put yeah. it past him. So, the, I mean, this is a season where the relegation race is almost as exciting as the uh, as the um, top four. Oh, more I mean, every week, every week's going to be thrilling. I mean, it's just. It's it's setting up that way. So nobody's on vacation yet. No teams nope. are on vacation yet. Nope. We get to about match week 32, 33. We can probably point at the teams that have we could probably safely say, yeah, they're checking out. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um can't go any higher, can't go any lower. They're right where they are, you know. So we'll see what happens with that. So I yeah, it's it's great stuff. Uh, Richard, did you do any goals of the weeks? Like I said, I, I, I'm going to give Concilia my goal. Concilia's performance as my goal of the week. Um, yeah. just giving a nod to the goalkeeper. I, since we have a, I wanted to say Belotti's volley, but we have a Juve guest on, so I didn't feel good about that. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I'll give you my top five. Um, honorable mention, I'm going to go Temezi. I liked his goal against Roma. Yeah. Um, for me, Qualiarella's volley was his second goal was uh, number five for me. Number four, the young boys, Volpato and Bove, uh, both getting goals or for their goals for Roma. Big, big goals for them uh, to draw that game up. Uh, that's number four. Number three, Cliff, cover your ears, earmuffs. Uh, Belotti's volley. I thought that was really well done by um, uh, Brecalo to Belotti. Nice volley out of midair. Uh, number two, I'm going Delofeo. I thought it was a nice header. Uh, the assist, the name's escaping me now, who, who had the assist there. Molina. Uh, yeah, nice assist right to, to Delafeo, and he one times right in the back of the net. And then number one for me, uh, much to our chagrin, uh, it's uh, Bonazzoli's overhead kick. Just one timed it out of the air when, when Magnon mishits it, and just I mean, well, well struck. Anybody else would have been a miss, and uh, Bonazzoli was clinical in that. So, hey, that's my top yep. five. Yep, pretty good. 
Yeah, I like that. Um, Except for the third one. Third one wasn't too good. Goal of the week. What's the goal of the week, Cliff? I'll just go with Con- I'll just go with Concilia. I'll have Bona- I'll throw Bonatoli in there. I'll throw Belotti in there. I, I I I'm I'm with you on Quagliarella's goal. Um, after that, I really don't. I really don't know if I qualify a fifth. Um, you know, maybe Delafeo to your point, but you know, I'm Belotti's gonna give you, uh, Cliff? Bonazzoli, man. Bon- Bonazzoli's goal, man. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Milan fans, but that was that was a phenomenal goal. Rubbish had, had a finish. decent goal, too. Rubbish had a decent goal. I thought it was more of a keeper than the shot, uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, big goal for him. Yeah. So. Um, quick look at the Europa games, uh, and we we actually have to apologize to Napoli fans. I thought they had a bye, and then we, we totally skipped previewing the Matadona Derby last week, Richard. Oops. Um, that's why we don't get paid we to did. do this. You're right. You're right. Um, Okay, so uh, uh, let's just go. I mean, I'm just going to burn through this real quick. We'll get on to who on Calcio Twitter. Um, all right, so um, uh, Napoli get to host Barcelona Thursday. It's 1-1 there. Uh, Lazio are taking home a 2-1 deficit to Porto uh, at the Olimpico on Thursday. Gee, who predicted uh, that Porto would beat Lazio 2-1 last week? I don't know. He's wearing red. It wasn't um, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. Um, Atalanta coming from behind with uh, uh, Jim City of all people, uh, scoring two goals yeah. to beat Olympiacos. That goes back. That goes to Greece now. Um, so, uh, I am going to go with Napoli beating Barcelona and advancing. Uh, I am going to go with uh, Porto and Lazio drawing and Porto going through until Immobile's fit and playing regularly. I can't get behind this Lazio team to do much, and this Porto team is really good. Um, so I think that Porto's going to get it done and knock Lazio out of the Europa League. And I think that Atalanta have just a little bit too much for Olympiacos. Uh, they'll win there. They'll win on aggregate. So I've got Napoli and Atalanta going through, Lazio going out. What do you guys say? Cliff, you're the guest. I'll let you go first. Oh, so polite of you. I'd, I'd go Frank. I actually 100% agree. I, I don't have a problem with anything. I think Napoli... Um, I don't think it's going to be crazy, but I think they show up Barca a little bit in that match. I think they kind of they have some cheeky uh, finishes and they just make them look bad. Um, I think Lazio, sorry, Jerry, um, they don't have enough in the tank, and I think uh, they get taken over. And think, then I think Atalanta beats Olympiacos pretty well. Okay. Richard? Yeah, uh, I think I think I'm agree with you guys. I think the uh, what a time you guys are listening to this podcast that the Serie A leaders, Napoli, will advance um, past Barcelona. I also think Atalanta are going to move on as well. And then I think Lazio, unfortunately, are going to fall just short to a very good Porto team. So, yep. full agreement. Okay. That's that's our that's our wrap on Europa League. Roma, we're not going to talk about the – get to the final and we'll talk about you in the Conference League. So, all right. And without further ado, we now move on to the world's most popular hashtag game, Who Won Calcio Twitter. Richard, lead us off. Of course, uh, being led off by uh, Carlo Garganese. He says, uh, Courtois on Mbappe's winner. <laughs> uh, just spread eagle. Just spread not even, eagle. Not even Calcio. That's champions. Not even Calcio. But, you know, it's Carlo. We love Carlo. So. <laughs> but we give, we, give Carlo, we give Carlo Garganese a pass. But, okay, I see how we're doing this. Make the rules up, make the rules up as we go. Uh, Matteo Melocarne uh, at Teo uh, Melloc. Um, I'm really heartbroken. Uh, <laughs> yeah. With the tears. Those are some with the Photoshop tears. tears. Did yeah, he really a, do that? No, it's Photoshop. 
I, that's I, insane. I would, that's such a good Photoshop. Yeah, it's it really a great. impressive Photoshop. It was. It was. <laughs> uh, sono Frantos Piazze, veramente tanto Inter Liverpool champions. I'm really, which is basically saying I'm really heartbroken. So, uh, show the fan friend. throwing some shade on uh, an Inter fan. Well, well, we also like a self-deprecation. And here we got Inter fan doing self-deprecation. Here, it's Anthony from Inter Worldwide says it's never easy playing with a man <laughs> down, and it's Handanovic as a chair. <laughs> I thought this is the best one, man. This one was great. Oh. We're gonna let Cliff pick the winner, but I have a feeling that's the leader in the, the leader in the clubhouse. Right yep. Yep. Okay, uh, looks like as Sabrina nominated the yep. same thing, right? Same thing. Yep. Okay, oh, at Nate428 is nominating oh, no. our friend Jerry Mancini. What's up with all the toilet talk? I've seen toilets trending and has been a big topic. As toilets is currently a big topic, I found a nice toilet to share. <laughs> Why are we doing this when we've got a Juve guest on? How did that happen? Well, Jerry, what place are you in, buddy? <laughs> Jerry, what place are you in? <laughs> nice, nice. All, all right, right, moving on. Moving. Italia, then we can start talking. <laughs> All right, Saturnion. He says, uh, Milan and Inter Twitter arguing on who lost better against Liverpool. It's the clown versus clown. <laughs> Two clowns fighting. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, well done. Oh, well Saturnion done. always brings it. Always yes. brings it. Yes. Let's see. So uh, we've got uh, at Victor Navorsky six. Bobby's making some nominations. Um, so Burofax season at Victor Navorsky six. Xavi couldn't get Morata, so he turned Fer- Ferran into him. My manager is goat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what else Bobby got for us. Uh, Perisnitch. <laughs> Perisnitch. Opposition team shoots on target. Simir Adonovic just dancing. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. This is going to be so tough. I can't unsee this. I can't unsee that. I'm gonna I can't unsee this. My week is ruined. Wait, Bobby, Bobby had the same God. reaction. My week is just ruined. Oh. Jesus. Even Nima's like, oh, I had to share this. Enjoy the nightmares. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sleep tonight, guys. None of us are. None oh, of us God. are. Oh, okay. So. Oh, this one was great. At Out of Context, Fiorentina. At Out of Context, Fiore. <laughs> Faccia Viola, Arthur Carbral, 90. Uh, Arthur. <laughs> looking at his man. lips, looking at the girl. His uh, attention mean, appears to be diverted. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a little bit more subtle, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> he's like he forgot everyone's looking at him, and cameras are around and all that. Uh, That's the new Vlaovic for few, few Well, I right mean, away. give him credit; he's coming from Basel, where they probably don't have any press. So. <laughs> yeah, this is true. All right, moving on. Okay, uh, Sansone. Uh, he gets uh, makes sense why Juve Stadium is always empty. You can't expect our fans to make the trip from Sicilia every damn week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah Sansoni, you're not funny. <laughs> Sansoni's a past winner, but yeah, uh, I don't, yeah. I don't he's he's done better than this. I hold, this the, I hold, this, I hold, I hold Sansoni to a higher standard. This might be the too. worst week to have Cliff on with all these tweets, though. Just by yeah. the way, I, I expect Sansoni. I expect better from you. At Napoleon Ismo, uh, he's always he's, and he's, he's amazing. He's, he's Shortened to the point. Yeah. Lavic's been here for two weeks and he already wants to leave football for the Serbian army. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's oh, good. He's, he's so funny. But I need the follow back. Napoleonismo. I need the follow back. 
There you go. <laughs> Milan Weekly Podcast nominates Dom Apuzzo and says uh, Pitania on the counter and it's Khalid trying to dribble basketball. <laughs> Going two miles an hour. Unbelievable. And then missing the shot. Uh, and then missing the shot. <laughs> this may be one of the best weeks of this I've, I've ever seen. This is amazing. Uh, this has uh, been a good one. We've had some good ones lately. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> At Dom Apuzzo, missing person report, full name, Dusan Vlaovic, age 22, sex male, 6'3", 172. Last seen February 6th versus Sassuolo. Has been a no-call, no-show from his job at Juventus ever since. Please help with any information you may have. No reward. He already cost him too much. <laughs> I mean, the worst episode to have you been on. Gosh. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. All right. Where are we? Okay, next one from Don Totti. AC Milan, when it matters most, they're AS Roma. <laughs> <laughs> Self-terpication. Ron Totti is a master at his craft. <laughs> oh. um, finally, <laughs> um, Joe, Ca- Joe underscore Cappuccino, bald football manager is a completely accurate ranking, a thread. Oh, let's go through this. Okay, number one, Zinedine Zidane, top division trophies, 11, head circumference, 69 <laughs> centimeters. Uh, shine immaculate, the epitome of baldness and style. Uh, Gianluca Vialli, number two, top division trophies, fine. Head circumference, 58 centimeters, shine illuminated. Currently a delegation chief, but his baldness as a player and manager are undeniable. Uh, Eric Ten Hagen at number three, five top division trophies, 56 centimeters. How does he know the measurements of <laughs> That's these? That's part of it. I mean, Joe knows things measured. that most people yeah. don't know. He's bald, so he buffed a classic bald head. Uh, Luciano Spalletti, number four, seven top division trophies, 60. I would not pick him up for 60. <laughs> I think he would be in the 56 range like Ten Hag, but what do I know? A stylish baldy. Stefano Pioli in at number five, top division trophies, zero. Thanks for that. Uh, head <laughs> circumference, 65. Shine Matt, the king of the bald turtleneck look. Um, <laughs> Massimiliano Allegri at number six, 13 top division trophies, 55 centimeters, no shine. Close to full ball, but not quite there. Has lots of work to do. Vincenzo Italiano in at number seven, no trophies. Uh, Gleaming shine, no trophies yet for this baldy, but he is on the right track. Yap Stam at number eight, mostly known for his bald playing days, still a legendary baldy. Roberto Di Matteo in at number nine. Oh, a a small long freaking he's got way too much damn time. Don't you have to work, Joe? What the hell? A small baldy, but respectable. Thierry Henry at number 10. Terrible bald manager, but his status as a bald player is undeniable. Sean Dyche at number 11. Um, <laughs> a Burnley legend would be even worse for the ginger if he wasn't bald. <laughs> I don't think I would say that to his face, though. Oh, uh, no, no. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, Bob Bradley, number 12, probably the worst bald manager in Premier League history, but an MLS baldy legend. Pep Guardiola, <laughs> a fraud who needs a midget Argentine to win. It's kind of harsh. Evil evil shine. Tell, you, tell, tell us how you really feel. Uh, and last but not least, Antonio Conte, shine hair follicles, a bald denier, the worst of his kind, cannot accept his baldness. <laughs> Went through a lot of work on he this. He did. He did. Yeah, I, I, want, I also want to give a shout to Dibal Alexa from the OUB cast because she had a thread that was literally just parody. And yeah, she did a, yeah. She, she did Pirlo and she made him bald and it was just it was hilarious. <laughs> okay. Oh, 
All right, you got to pick a winner. Who's the winner? Yeah, as our guest, you're the you get you do the honors. It's definitely not Joe. Sorry, Joe. Um, yours wasn't that funny. Um, it had to be the clowns, man. The clowns funny was just great. Um, I'll give it to Saturnian. Um, he's just a really good follow. Um, <laughs> I gotta say that the other one with the hand animating goal was funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just because I love to make fun of other like teams, like saying, "Oh, but we're worse at losing to, we're better at losing to worse teams than you," and like it's just it's hilarious seeing teams fight. Oh, that's nice. Do it at my night. Him the winner now. Saturnion, he's a multi-winner. This is like I got to try to get on one of these. I'm just not really funny. (laughs) It uh, it takes. I'll tell you what. Ever since we started this. I think the Calcio Twitter people are coming, are just, I th- I, they're getting even more, they're getting more and more creative. Yeah. What about it's... the one when I, when I put that pic of me doing the kneeling and then somebody cropped me into um, like a boy band of me kneeling down? I thought that was going to win. <laughs> I thought that was going to win Calcio Twitter, to be honest. <laughs> There's a lot of really good takes and some people like Gianni uh, uh, from the Calcio guys who probably should win a couple of times, but there's so many people who bring the really good stuff. You got to oh, really, man. you got to really so knock many out funny the people on Twitter. There's it's so just, it's amazing. Well, while yeah. Frank is typing that up, uh, here's your chance to plug away. Uh, let everyone know where they can find you, what you got coming out. Um, yeah, floor is yours. You can find me at Cliff Esmeal on Twitter. You can find me in the All U of A cast with uh, my amazing crew. Um, we do weekly shows. We do pre-post-match shows. Um, I got stoppage time now. I host my own show, which never thought I'd be saying, which is really, really cool. Um, so I host that on Tuesday nights. We're going to have a special episode coming out. Um, sometime this week, we're recording it tomorrow with a Verona fan. We're doing a Verona highlight episode because they've been so phenomenal this season. Um, and I thought they'd be relegated, so I'm going to look like an idiot on the show. That's going to be great. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, we got Tuesday's episode, like I said, of Stop It Time every week, 8 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. Um, yeah, and I hope you guys uh, enjoy the content. And these guys do a phenomenal job, so thank you guys so much. Lavetti and Joey's love child. Oh, I love that so much. That makes me so happy. Um, but yeah, these, these two guys are amazing. And it's all thanks to them that I'm on here. So thank you guys. Oh, no, we had a blast having you on here, Cliff. And I think we're good. We're, we're no doubt. You're, you're, you're no doubt. Uh, you're not that far away from earning your second cap with us. Uh, yeah. Keep up the good work. And we appreciate the insight. And, uh, you, you know, you specialize on on an important team in Italy. And it's uh, it's good to get the perspective from you. So thanks. Well, I am no, I'm no expert. I'm just a guy who loves Calcio's. So the fact that I get to talk about what I really enjoy is really cool. And I'm sorry I took two hours of your time talking about Juventus for two hours. So this I apologize for, us, though, this yeah. is short. This is short for us. So don't worry. <laughs> I love it. Our two. I had to say an hour and a half. I had to say an hour and a half, and I lied. So yeah, yeah. that's fine. I you guys keep me five hours. I don't mind. How do you keep do Italians? Uh, how do, there's no way Italians can have just a one hour podcast. It's impossible. No. I don't know how <laughs> Vinny and Stevie do it. That's, that's Italians like to talk, man. Yeah. It's, it's I'm we surprised are. we're not having like a glass of wine by now. You know, having a bottle of wine or some scotch, maybe some. It's not even a school I've night. Been, you should. I've had, I've had a couple beers, so yeah, yeah. yeah. You say it's so. a school night. You say it's a school night for no, me. No, I said not. No, no, no. We always say we work. We so we oh. always say school night, work night, school night, whatever. <laughs> oh, God. I was gonna yeah, say that joke because I'm 12 years old. Uh, it's not <laughs> you could be our grandchild. No, you're the only. You're the only. You're the only 12 year old I know with a. It says more about us about how old we are. But oh man, yeah, no, no, this is really fun. Thank you. Uh, you like I said, you guys put out good content with the All UV cast and stoppage time. Also, thank you for the fan cam reactions, loving that stuff. 
I'm glad Mateo set you straight with the Torino shirt. I'm glad you don't wear that anymore. So yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but really, thank you. Give definitely give Cliff and 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 all all that a uh, follow. All UV cast definitely give them a follow. Really good follow there. Um, yeah. Um, again, it's it's been a blast, a crazy weekend. And as always, you can follow me not at Lavetsi Giroud Love Child, but at uh, R underscore K. You should make that your username now. I might. I might have to. I might have to. We'll have to patent that. Nice. Well, if you enjoyed this, uh, please tune in to Milan Weekly Podcast tomorrow night on the YouTube on their YouTube channel, 8 p.m. Eastern. Yours truly will be a guest. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, connecting with Vinny and Steve again and talking about all things Milan uh, on that. Uh, so do tune in. Uh, two great guys that pound it out every week, even when there isn't a game. They're still they're still finding stuff to talk about. So it's really awesome and and they do great work. And I'm looking forward to getting back on. I think I'm their most frequent guest. I'll be setting the uh, the record tomorrow. It'll be my fourth appearance uh, on their podcast tomorrow. So I'm certainly looking forward to that. Um, you can follow me at FTC underscore twenty one on Twitter. Setia Sit Down has our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there are podcasts. There is Serie Sit Down. Uh, at Serie Sit Down on Twitter uh, or Instagram uh, for questions, comments. Hashtag Who Won Calcio Twitter for nominees for that on Twitter. Please keep it clean. Uh, please don't be offensive. We'll delete it uh, if it is. Um, and we will not read it on our, on our pod. This is in good fun. Everybody's taken to it really well. So we'll keep that going. Um, we're also on Facebook. Um, we don't check that as much anymore these days. We're kind of like in that we're, you know, I don't know how many more pictures of kids I can look at. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, but it's what it is. Um, and uh, be sure to join us again, Richard. We'll do this again next Sunday night. Sounds good. Awesome. Okay. So uh, join us again next Sunday night, 830 East here on the YouTube channel. If you are watching this for the first time, uh, please drop a like if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, and more importantly, subscribe uh, and hit that notification bell so that you can be reminded of when we are on the air or when we are dropping videos or even fan reactions like Cliff uh, we call on to offer from time to time on uh, reaction to Juventus matches. So uh, don't miss that. So Cliff, once again, thank you very much. Chat was lively. Thank you, guys. You were awesome. Um, and uh, for uh, Cliff, Richard, I'm Frank, as always. Be sure you're telling your paisans about us. Ciao.